What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Big Run the Champs Podcast. I'm your host, Big Run the Chip. I thought I was done with this topic. Fucking fast food. It just it lured me in with a siren song. See, we only get a... We only get junk food when we're working in certain towns, so it's like a special thing, right? So we're in this town, so we decided to go to this place and get some stuff. That's a great story. Anyway, you're all caught up. <laughs> That's just where this fucking harrowing tale begins. Every time we go to this particular place, they fuck everything up. They fuck up our order. And today was no different. Actually, today was different. We caught it this time. I was like, oh, yeah, like you missed a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and he's like, oh, okay. Like, uh, yeah, I like lost the receipt, so I was just like, kind of like just guessing. Like, oh, yeah? That's fucking awesome, buddy. That's a really good fucking reason for like missing half our food. Like, you, you lost the receipt, and now you're just kind of guess guessing based on what? You look like a guy that ordered onion rings. This guy looks like a, pute- a poutine guy if I ever saw one. Fucking, this guy's got a jean jacket on. He must have a fucking Diet Coke. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? If you lost the receipt, find the fucking receipt. Fuck. I, I <laughs> oh, jeez. That's the protocol. You just drop the receipt. You just give people whatever you kind of feel like they might have gotten. Oh, fucking rad. With the person ahead of me, they, they missed some stuff, but then... We were like, uh, my burger's supposed to have bacon on it, and it doesn't. <laughs> Could you put some bacon on it? He's like, do you want me to, like, make you a new one with some bacon? And she's like, well, you know, like, I'm kind of in a hurry, so you could you, like, could you, like, maybe just add bacon to this one? And he's like, whoa. I was like, oh, my God. This is fucking painful. So anyway, he takes the thing back and he starts fucking fingering it through it with his fucking dirty ass fingers. And then he's flipping through this thing like it's a fucking, like he's searching through files. Anyway, he's like, yeah, the bacon's on the bottom, man. Like, you know, like the bacon's on the bottom. And she's like, oh, really? Like, I had no idea. I like didn't even check the bottom. I just like looked and I was like, there's no bacon. And I ordered bacon. It's like, why is this conversation still going? The lineup's outside into the parking lot. What the fuck are you doing? Oh. Anyway, that, w- that was ahead of me. And then once he got to me, it was just like, oh, like, whoa. Fuck, dude. I, like, I don't know. It, it's so painful. Fuck. I remember one time I was in there and they forgot my fucking drink and, it was, and I was so fucking exhausted and it was a, one of those slushy Red Bull deals and I fucking needed that thing. Like I didn't just want it, I fucking needed it. And uh, they didn't give it to me. But then it was like, I noticed that right away. A lot of times I don't notice because it's all packed up in a bag and then I get back to the truck and it's way too far of a walk and I just let it go. They've probably stolen fucking $30,000 from us over the years and fucking missing items. I just like, why? Why? Anyway, um, so I like, and then they just kept ignoring me. And like, I kept trying to get their attention. Just be like, oh, excuse me, can I uh, get my drink, please, that I ordered and I paid for, please? I wouldn't even say it like that cheeky, that cheekily. I was just trying to say like, oh, excuse me, like, uh, you know, I forgot my drink. And they kept ignoring me and I got so fucking mad that I just walked out. And then she like came out after me shortly after, like like followed me over to the truck. And I was like, oh, sorry, dude. We like, and she was doing, <laughs> she was saying it all like sarcastically. Like I was being an asshole. It's like, wait, so without me saying anything, you knew that you forgot my drink. Then you guys were all ignoring me. And then she came out afterwards and was like, oh, sorry, buddy. We forgot your drink. Like, I didn't even say anything. I didn't do anything. I was just standing there. And then, like, but she's saying it all, like, like as if I'm some kind of fucking asshole. Like, sorry, didn't get your drink to you. Fucking ass. Like, you know what I mean? As if I'm an asshole. Like, sorry, buddy. Like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? God damn. I fucking repress the shit out of everything I'm thinking. Like, you know, and I would appreciate the same fucking courtesy. 
want you to stand there in your faggoty fucking uniform and extend me some fucking courtesy. That is a direct quote from fucking A Few Good Men, all right? Which obviously I was quoting. One of my favorite lines from that movie is when uh, he's like, you need, pe you need people like me. Um, and then he's like, who's going to protect this country? You? You, Lieutenant Feinberg? Like, what the fuck did Lieutenant Feinberg do? He's just sitting there minding his own business. He just fucking goes at him. I bet, um, what's his name? Um, Kevin Pollock was playing that role. I'm like, I bet he was fucking around. And then <laughs> Jack Nicholson just ad-libbed just to fucking throw him off. I could see that. He must be real intimidating to work with, you know? He's fucking just the right amount of crazy, you know? Anyway, if you guys haven't seen that movie, it's a fucking banger. I think that's that, that, that term's used for... Yeah, I think I feel so old. I feel like that's a term the young folks are using to describe a song that really knocks your socks off, I tell you. You know? A real rootin' tootin' good time is what I call it. I just saw the sweetest thing, you know? There's a father and son out here, and they're doing the ditch. They're mowing the ditch together. They both got their own mowers, you know, and they're both just, you know, mowing side by side. I just, it, it warms the heart. Father and son, each mowing. It's probably like, hey, I, uh, I'm going to trust my son to mow the lawn. And then he's like, ah, you're fucking blowing it. You're fucking blowing it. You're not doing it properly, you fucking idiot. Let me, I'm going to go over it after you're done, you little shit. I don't know. I just sullied the beautiful moment. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> I guess they're mowing. I don't know why I'm apologizing to you guys. You guys didn't even witness the moment. For all you fucking know, I just made that shit up. No, I, I did just witness that. I don't know if they're father and son. There's four fucking guys out there on this fucking lawn mow. I, I, what the fuck are you doing? Four guys to mow a lawn? Ah, oh, fuck. The mow, the merrier. <laughs> anyway, I just figured out how to use the Bluetooth in this car. I couldn't fucking figure it out. It never worked on any previous phone. I couldn't get it to fucking work. Um, and now I just did it. It's like fucking magic. It's like I, I got fucking the music from my phone playing in the fucking car. I know that sounds like, uh, yeah, we've all been doing that for fucking 100 years. But, like, yeah, now the fucking steering wheel controls work. I remember before I didn't know use of my, my fucking, what's it called? The cruise control didn't work, and so that shit's just like magic to me. Fucking, just because, like, I used to drive long hauls on the fucking highway, like, every single day. No cruise control. Just a very stiff foot. Oh, gosh. There's this lady in front of me with a big-ass Bronco. And I was just having flashbacks. This fucking lady. She drove a Bronco. What a... <sighs> I hardly knew this lady. But uh, she was a fucking character. I was, I was installing a water heater. did a couple jobs for her. And uh, the guy, one guy I was working with was covered in tattoos. So she's like, oh, yeah, I got a lot of tattoos as well. And then she started showing us. She showed us everything. I mean everything. And not because we asked or wanted to see it. It's every, It's all I see when I close my eyes and when I have nightmares. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. I was talking with a guy who does a lot, uh, done a lot of residential work. He was a uh, an installer for Reliance. I was like, I used to install for Reliance. It's a fantastic outfit. Um, but anyway, he's like, yeah. People think it's going to be like, oh, look at like some smoking hot babes are going to be like, oh, yeah, look, you plumber showed up. And, uh, you know, but that doesn't happen. <laughs> He's like, when it does happen, you're like, oh, God, you're not like, oh, take it off, baby. You're like, ah, oh, put it back on, please, God, get the fuck away from me. I was like, yeah, pretty much. It's either nothing happens or it's like, ah, <laughs> fuck. I'm going to go burn my fucking eyes with my blowtorch. Yep. Anyway, what are you going to do? It's uh, it's a hazard of the job. But anyway, um, North Americans are horribly, horribly fucking prudent and mortified by just the idea of sex or even just the human body. It just offends us more than anything. 
Like, you can watch a TV show or a movie of, like, the most horrific fucking violence you've ever seen. And it doesn't even phase you. But you see, like, a like a fucking ass, and you're like, oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> Make it go away! I hate it! I hate it! You know what I mean? You just see, like, human body parts. It's like, <laughs> It's so bad! I don't know. But maybe younger generations will grow out of that. I will not, you know. I remember I was talking with my partner, uh, my, my African partner, who's just like, oh man, it's so uncomfortable when you're there with your family and then the fucking sex scene come on and say, like, oh, fuck this. Um, I'm like, yeah, that's the worst, man. It's so uncomfortable. He's like, oh, really? I thought it was just Africans. I'm like, yeah, just Africans. It's everywhere else in the world. It's uh, they're, they're fine. Like, give me a fucking break. Um, <laughs> I'm like, no, man, that's everyone. I mean... It's just uncomfortable, like shit. Anyway, enough of the dirty deck. I had a wonderful day today. I got a lot of stuff done. I got to do a little bit of extra today for some people. Actually, yesterday I did, I, I think I did like three side jobs while I was working. It was wonderful. When things line up like that, sometimes the whole day just goes to shit. I actually never does a whole day go to shit. You just can't let a whole day go to shit. You always have to find something good. Like I always say, like I always take a wrong turn and I always find something, something that I like, something that was interesting, something that made me happy, something along that detour that I say, ah, oh, well, that's why we went that way or that, that's not why, but maybe, but that's, that justifies it, right? So you got to try to live your life like that, you know, break up your uh, day into like little chunks if one part sucks, you say hey, it sucked, and then you and then you get to, you know, just just cut that one bit out, or, or just write that one piece off, and then just like, you know what I mean? Anyway, but what are you coming to me for life advice? <laughs> Fuck, it's a fucking mess in here. I'm pointing at my head right now. It's a fucking disaster. Anyway, but anyway, I got to do some good, and uh, it really warms my heart. I got to do a little bit of extra for people here or there. It makes me feel really good about who I am and what I do. I feel, especially now I got a, this isn't the only reason you should be a good person, but uh, I feel like now I got a kid, I should try to be a better person, you know, uh, set the right example, even like, you know, uh, I don't know, hopefully she doesn't listen to this shit, holy fuck, then I'm toast, she'll make your fuck, anything I say, be like, listen, she'll just like have like little snippets ready to go, listen to this, fucked, she'll be swearing and saying bad stuff, unacceptable. I'm gonna have to take all this guys, all this stuff down. So guys, get your listening in now, because I'm gonna have to take it down in like ten years. I don't fucking know when the kids figure out how to use the the internet and shit. Probably even less. Oh my god. Anyway, I'm gonna sign off for now, guys. I love you. Be well. I hope you guys are having a great day like me. What's going on, everybody? How we doing out there at Podcast Land? That's what uh, Joey Diaz says. Greetings, cocksuckers. How you doing, podcast? Wait, what does he say? Greetings to podcast lane. I don't fucking know. I don't remember. Fuck. I was really enjoying that uh, uh, fucking... What the hell is it? Uh, Many Saints of Newark. Fucking, that's hilarious. I'm glad they had fucking Joey Diaz in there. That's fucking hilarious. He was saying uh, that he... Um, he was just getting so much fucking work because he looks and sounds exactly like fucking Vincent Pastore, Big Pussy Bumpin' Sarah or, or whatever. Actually, the first thing I saw Joey Diaz in was um, that fucking Mad TV. It was like the funniest Mad TV bit of all time, that uh, Sopranos fucking parody. <laughs> uh, you guys want something to eat? <laughs> How about some nice gabagool, Tone? <laughs> Pussy, your motherfucker! They keep fucking bleeping it out. Who <laughs> ate all the gabagool? Oh, fuck, I love that. Fucking uh, Will Sasso is one of the funniest fucking guys of all time. Actually, uh, it's funny. Um, they were talking about um, on the, 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 that, that fucking podcast I listened to with uh, David Spade and um, Dana Carvey. They were talking about, they did a memorial for, uh, uh, like a two-part special for Chris Farley. And um, one thing they were saying, it was really good, actually. Like, it was uh, very heartfelt, very moving. And, uh, anyway, actually, so was the uh, Norm Macdonald one. Fuck, I watched that on a plane. Uh, I almost passed that. We were on the way to uh, our honeymoon. And I was like, 
oh, this is great, Norm Macdonald. And then I'm like, what the fuck is some heavy shit? It's like getting fucking emotional. But you know what? I was talking about this yesterday. Sometimes you just gotta, you can go fucking dead, you know, inside. Sometimes you just gotta feel stuff, you know, whether it's sad, happy, mad, fucking, whatever it is. You just gotta, it's what makes us uh, human, you know. Gotta, gotta have those feelings, you, can't, you know, because you can go completely numb, and that's not, uh, that's no way to fucking live, that's why I always say, like, you know, uh, we're, we're afraid to be vulnerable, because, yeah, you, it hurts, and, uh, you know, you don't want to feel that shit, you want it to all be dead, I, I went through huge gaps in my life feeling fucking nothing, and even the shit I was feeling was like, it was like, kind of fake, I don't know, it's hard to explain, it's fucked up, and, uh, Actually, I enrolled, I don't know if enrolled is the fucking, enlisted, enrolled in some therapy, but my uh, coverage is like $500 for the year, so that covers like fucking two sessions, maybe three, if I really push it. I gotta talk really fast, which is no problem, because I talk really fast, but mostly I just fucking yammer about nonsense. It's very rare I, I uh, get, uh, get anywhere. I'm just gonna be sitting there like Tony Soprano. It's just not a race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Actually, um, that was great when he had that revelation about the meat and shit and how it, how it pertains like, to his uh, panic attacks and all that. Because uh, there's so much rooted in... Oh, for fuck's sakes. Anyway, uh, I fucking hate when things jump out in front of me. But anyway, I, I hate that when I kill something, I don't feel bad. Right there, that, that's how that relates. Not that I had to relate it, something just jumped in front of me, but I like when things uh, all gather together. That's another compulsive thing. I used to think it was just, well, maybe maybe it is, I don't know. It was just like a necessity to feel clever and witty, but there's also more to it. Like the, the compulsive oversharing, like the need to say something is beyond just fucking, uh, like, well, because the way I saw it was if I had a clever one liner, or a clever fucking joke, or a clever comment, or at least I'm using the word clever very generously at times. Um, I felt like timing is everything, and the late, longer you wait, the less witty it is. But, and that's part of it, but it's also, it's a compulsive thing. And I, I'm telling you, people fucking misdiagnose or misuse the term OCD all the time. I don't really give a shit, but uh, um, just so you know, like actual OCD is fucked. I remember I used to suffer from that. I don't know. I didn't know what it was when I did. And I might still in some ways. But, like, it can be fucking crippling. Like, there's various levels of severity. Um, and it... it, it uh, rep What's the word I'm looking for? Represents? No, that's not it. It, 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 um, it shows itself. I'm, I can't think of a fucking word. In many, many different ways. Like, it, it, um, it's... You just, you just feel like you have to do this stupid fucking shit. Like, you have to. There's no fucking choice. Like, something horrible is going to happen if you don't, like, step on every crack on the sidewalk. Or, like, if you fucking, like, scratch your head, you got to do it seven fucking times. Like, shit like this. Or you got to, like, lock your door. Then you got to check it again. Then you got to check it again. And again. And there's all this crazy fucking shit you just become obsessed with. These idiosyncrasies. Whatever they may be. They can, they can, be, they can be completely different to every single fucking person. That shit is fucked. That's like really fucked up compulsive behavior. And, it, and a lot of it seems harmless, but or then you become obsessed with like uh, washing your hands or brushing your teeth or some crazy fucking shit. Or you start pulling your fucking hair out. Or I worked with this one guy um, and I hated the fucking job. It was roofing and it was a nightmare roof. It was up so high. It was dangerous as fuck. I was just really, really bad at it. Eventually, I will say, I overcame my fucking, um, my fear of roofs, and like, I just, roofs, roofs, both sound wrong, roofs, as, uh, fucking Tim Allen would say, I got over my fear of roofs, and I got the fuck up there, and I got over it, um, that was only temporary, I thought I'd conquered that forever, it came back so hard, because I fell off a truck, and I fucked my spine up, I got a concussion, and since then, I cannot get past the second story on a ladder. I can still climb up. I was up on a ladder yesterday. But I can't work on a ladder past the second story because I start shaking and freaking out because your body's like, oh, fuck. 
you know, like I told you guys that story about how I got knocked the fuck out. I was, I was afraid to go outside after that. I had actual agoraphobia because I was like, oh no, outside scary. I'm going to get hurt. Fuck this. And, um, you know, that's all, that's all natural, normal stuff. But anyway, I was working for this fucking dickhead. <laughs> he fucking, he had a bit of the OCD. And if I, I was like, oh man, you got a scab there on your arm. I'd get like an hour break. Because this guy would start picking at his fucking scabs and he couldn't stop. And he'd just keep fucking going and going and going like he was fucked. And um, <laughs> he was covered in heat rashes, so that wasn't bad. But that fucking job is brutal. Honestly, I think we should have like a Memorial Day just for fucking roofers. Roofers. Both sound wrong. <laughs> roofers. I sort of got, I was in one of those fucking addiction meetings, and at least half of them were all fucking roofers. And you know what? Like, fuck. It was just like, yeah, I'm a fucking drunk. I'm a drug addict. I'm a roofer. They all just go hand in hand. Honestly, I was talking to that neurologist lady, and I was telling her how, like, yeah, I, I used to drink all day and work and drink and all day drive, and everybody did. And she's like, really? It's like, lady, you're older than I am. Like, all of human civilization since ancient Egypt has drank every single day all day. And um, in, in fucking construction trades and fucking the automotive trade... Um, in any of these fucking trades, it's like people are just drinking all fucking day. And way more so in your day. Like, what the fuck are you, why are you, really? Like, what fucking world are you living in? Like, what do you think caused all this brain damage that makes your living? Fuck's sakes. Anyway, I didn't say all that, but, because I was just, I don't, I, um, I try not to waste uh, doctor's time. Even this doctor wasn't bad, but uh, she, well, actually, it was funny because my my uh, family doctor was like, "Oh, I want to send you to Hamilton. That's where all the best doctors are." I was like, "What the fuck, Hamilton? It's a shithole." You know what? It's crazy that uh, you know when people go to a city and they go to like one neighborhood, they interact with like less than half a dozen people, and then they make this fucking. You know what I mean? Or, or someone goes to a country, they interact with like three people, and they base their fucking view. I mean, in their personal experience, the entire country is based on their interactions with those people and what they experience. It's fucking absurd. Because actually, the first time I went to Hamilton, I went. my buddy was at, uh, I think it was McMaster. He lived in such a nice neighborhood. We went to like some really great places on campus. I was like, this is the best. This is such a fucking nice city. And... Um, then when I went back, I went to some fucking shitty... The next few times, I went to these shitty, crackhead-ass, fucking garbage neighborhoods. And I'm like, fuck! What the fuck? This is the worst city I've ever seen! So, it's just like... I don't know. There's good and bad in every single fucking city. Every single town. Except Oshawa. That, the one, that one's all shit. I remember me and my buddy went there. It's <laughs> just like... Oh my god! It was so funny, because I saw this fucking old man that looked like a fucking horrible, horrible crackhead wizard. He just looked so fucking evil, like he was just there harboring or um, harvesting souls and then harboring them. And uh, I was like, oh my god, he's going to steal my soul. I said that in my head and then I got outside, my buddy was waiting outside this shitty mall and he's like, dude, do you still have your soul? And it's like, we used to make this joke, uh, you know, when uh, we were in the Albion Mall and like black guys would walk by and my buddy would like clutch his his fried chicken to his chest, and he'd be like, oh, you still have your wallet? Because one of our buddies was like, you get really offended by that. And that's the only reason to be racist, is to offend your buddies. You don't want to uh, upset innocent people. This guy was anything but innocent. He was a total dick. Um, so anyway, <laughs> we made the same joke with this guy. He's like, do you still have your soul? And uh, I'm like, wait, wait, are you talking about that fucking guy that just went in there? And he's like, I was like, who else could you be talking about? He's like, yeah, he looked like some fucking wretched wizard that was going to... Uh, the show wasn't out yet, but he looked like Balin Greyjoy. He looked like fucking... He'd just been living in a tower on the Iron Islands, just staring into the fire like a fucking... Like, anyway. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Oh, yeah, and then some fucking kids came out there like, ah! <laughs> I forgot about that. But anyway, we were like, let's get back to fucking Rexdale. It's not this fuck. Like, it's a bit fucked, but it's a fuck we know. Um, get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. Then we saw these fucking scuzz bucket fucking white kids. Just a gaggle of them. Or whatever that fucking gathering of uh, 
kind of like a rat pack, but without like a token Sammy Davis Jr. Just like ultimate white trash. <laughs> so fuck. Have you guys ever seen Gummo? It was like going to that fucking movie. <laughs> Just ultimate white trash. <laughs> fuck. Anyway, it's pretty bad when you can't wait to get home to Rexdale. But yeah, on the note of racism, I um, I remember uh, what what I would do sometimes to cut racial tension is I would just make the most racist fucking jokes ever, and then I come across as a fucking asshole. But also the tension is broken. It's so much better. I'd rather a little bit of, you know, just like oh this guy's a racist dickhead, um, than like people be like everyone be uncomfortable, you know. And it's just like. Uh, I don't know, and again, I have the compulsion to say something I think is funny is, fuck, it's, it's, it's impossible not to. Actually, one time I went to, uh, I was in this, like, crowded pub, and, uh, I saw this huge black dude, and I went up, and I was like, hey, what do you call, uh, wait, what the fuck was it? I can't remember, what was my, I, ha I had a racist joke, I don't remember what it was. Fuck, that's killing me, because that's, I don't remember, I just said some racist joke. And then he's like, what do you call a, I gotta do his, he's like, what do you call a black man who flies a plane? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, a pilot, what do you think you call him, you racist fucking idiot? <laughs> it, was, it was such a good comeback. He had that one ready to go. Uh, and then everyone laughed and was okay. But I'm like, fuck, you know, I, I just, I just like racist jokes. I like uh, uh, social awkwardness, you know, those Larry David moments. You can hear that. I don't know. But like. I remember one time I ran into my buddy at a bar. He spent a lot of time at bars. Like, I've been broke my whole life, but, like, I knew my entire paycheck was going to the fucking bar. I remember we kept trying to get jobs at fucking breweries because our entire paychecks were just going to booze. It's fucking insane how much we were drinking. Now I get, I don't drink hardly ever, but when I do, it's like I get fucking wasted off of, like, two fucking beers. It's like I've completely reset my tolerance to, like, a fucking, like, a, like a fucking teenager, a preteen even. But yeah, one time I was, uh, I, went, I showed up at this bar and then I saw one of my buddies there and he's like, uh, like it's just a buddy from work. I didn't, I guess we didn't know each other that well, obviously. Cause he comes up, he's like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, what? He's like, what the fuck? You got non-white people in your group. What the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you got a black guy, a brown chick. Like, what the fuck? He's like, <laughs> he's like, my girlfriend's Albanian. I'm barely okay with that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, are, are you talking about all that shit we say at work? I'm like, dude, that's a fucking joke. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not really racist. I didn't think any of us were. Like, how the fuck? Not even just like, how can you be racist in this day and age? How can you be racist in Toronto? It's like, I mean, you could do it, but you gotta do it. Like, you gotta whisper. Like, like even the skinheads that used to exist would hide underground like rats in the subway. Like, what the fuck, buddy? Like, that shit's just a joke. Just a joke between fucking friends and shit. Um, like, I don't know, fuck, it's just, that's the thing, and some people, that you know what I mean, and then, you, then I got to know a guy, it's just like, you know, they tell telling you stories about how their, you know, parents were bigots and shit, and they're racist, that, that's the worst, because then they pass it along, or, or, like, even if you, like, know on the surface, like, it's not okay, like, deep down, it's like, you know, you've been, you've been, you've laid the, you've had this foundation laid that it's okay to be racist, or something, like, it's all, it's, I don't know, it's fucked up. Like, real, true racism is, it's fucked, I don't know, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It all goes back to, like, ancient time, like, tribalism and shit, and it's like, you're afraid of other groups of people because, oh, they might be fucking different, they might bring some sort of disease, pestilence, or bad stuff, and it's just like, we don't have to live like that anymore, and even if you have those instincts, it's like, you gotta fucking get past them. The best thing to do... The way I was, it's it also, it's, yeah, it's the fear of the unknown. It's to get to know people. Fuck it, start learning about them. Start talking to them. Fuck, you know, you can read um, endlessly, but even just, just start talking to people. You see, they're not so fucking scary. Like, shit. You know, it's just like everybody knows somebody, I mean, I hope, God, unless you live in the most sheltered fucking world ever, uh, someone from a different fucking race, a different world. I remember when I was a kid, I lived in the most lily white, white fucking. Uh, town ever there was one token black dude but he was so whitewashed it didn't even he was just you know didn't even he wasn't even black at all 
But anyway, I remember meeting a kid from Arizona and thinking he was the most exotic human being I ever met. And I was just like, wow, that's so far away. It was like 10,000 light years away in my world. And I thought he was so exotic and uh, interesting. But anyway, then I, when I moved to Toronto, I was like, holy fuck, it was just such a culture shock. But anyway, it's terrifying. Everyone's afraid of what they don't know. And you're afraid of people you don't know. And you're afraid of, like, it, that's completely natural, normal. But, uh, I don't know. See, and the thing is, is, like, joking with friends and shit is wonderful. And, um, you know, saying things that are horribly inappropriate just, like, make people laugh. That's one thing. But, like, I was listening to a guy the other day like, complaining about not being able to use racial slurs. And it's like, is it really that big of a deal? It's like, you just want to say a word because you're not supposed to. Do I think it's ridiculous that some words fucking you can't say or not say? Of course. But if you think about it in an overall term, if you really take everything into consideration, is it really worth the fight? Who gives a fuck? Just don't say it. You only, you only, there's only like a few words you're not supposed to say in certain settings. And it's just like, to me, I liked to fight a lot when I was younger. And believe me, I'm not bragging to say that I was tough. I got my ass kicked. I, I lost most of my fights by a great deal. <laughs> I fucking... I, I, I say um, you, learn, you learn way more from the fights you lose than the ones you win. That's uh, that's the way I fucking wrap it up to uh, feel good about it. But anyway, so I I, I like to uh, you know there's certain there's certain fucking things you can say just to fast track things. And uh, but anyway, it wasn't getting my ass kicked that made me not want to say certain things to upset people. It's like people that were like genuinely genuinely upset. Then now there's some people that we're going to get upset no matter what. It's like I always relate that to the, my favorite, one of my favorite uh, Abraham Lincoln quotes is, uh, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And people that are dying to get upset, they're going to get upset no matter what. So fuck those people. I, I understand not wanting to be sensitive to those people and going so far in the other direction. Um, and vice versa. However, some people are genuine really genuinely really upset by certain things that are said and I get it and I understand and then I and I someone explained that to me and I just felt really bad I was like well fuck I've never I was never out to genuinely hurt anybody um anyway whatever the other thing is though the ironic thing it's like um I'm gonna I'm gonna have to attack religion again specifically Christianity is they go on and on and on, they scapegoat the devil, is their ultimate scapegoat, that's why he's an actual goat, uh, I don't know if that's factual, I, I, I assume, I could look into it, I'm not going to, thing is with religious lore, you don't have to know shit to talk about it, um, but anyway, my point being is that the devil became more and more and more and more and more increasingly powerful, because he had to, sh he had to fucking shoulder this huge fucking load, and the thing is, it's just like, okay, well, the concept is broken because it's like, well, God either is in control of the guy or he looks the other way and just lets it happen. Either way, he's responsible. Or he's either all-powerful and responsible and he can stop the bad stuff from happening or he's not that powerful and he's taking credit for stuff that he's not doing. That's fucked. Either way, he's fucked. He's broke. They're broken completely. Broken concepts by design. But the fucking, all the power that the fucking, this devil has comes from people being afraid and bigging him up and bigging him up. Because when he was invented, like the first concept of this devil, he was this fucking, uh, he was a douchebag. He was like, he was not to be feared or taken seriously. He was just like this fucking dirty scoundrel that like would constantly be like the butt of jokes. And like, he was like, he wasn't that powerful. But then people gave him all his power. And same thing with these words. They've given all his power by people getting so upset and offended. And um, sometimes, I'm not saying go out of your way to upset and offend people. Um, I learned this at working with customers. When you're just tr trying so hard to make a customer happy, no matter what you do or don't do, this fucking person's still a cunt. A customer. That's a, 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 a term that I've coined. Um, obviously, that means a cunt customer. And uh, you realize after you did satisfy that customer because that customer just wanted to be a fucking cunt. Like a lot of times I'll be just upset and I'll be saying all this shit. Someone will say, well, you know, like that's, you know, it's this, it's actually not that person's fault or it's not this or this person's not really like that. You're reading wrong. I'm like, right now, I'm not trying to think rationally. Right now, I just want to be fucking angry 
and I don't want to be, I just want to be angry at somebody. So I'm just venting. Like, I don't actually fucking believe in what I'm saying. I just need to fucking be mad at somebody. And sometimes that's all anyone needs. It's like in Fight Club. He just, like, goes and lets some guy, like, beat the fucking shit out of him because people need to do that to each other sometimes. And, um, like, again, we learn more from the fights you, you, uh, you lose. But you also gain something. There's something to be gained, too, by winning a fight. Just to fucking, I don't know. Both ends to be like get the shit beat out of you or beat the shit out of someone. <clears throat> but anyway, fuck. I was talking to this old lady. Uh, she's like, my husband, he's Irish. This is fucking racist and stereotypical. But like, he would drink and fight right up until he lived into his sixties. I'm like, that's like fucking three hundred in Irish drunk years. <laughs> but he would scrap all the time. I've seen this grown men still fighting. And it's just like, it's one thing when you're a kid, you can't hit that hard. You don't have that much body weight. Um, and also you heal, you know, it's like, it's, uh, but you get older, you start getting bigger and stronger and then your, your opponents do. And then you're fucking, you're, you're, you're not healing the same. And also you got to fucking get up and go to work. Like you're going to, you know, you're going to all bust it up and shit. It's, it's not, it becomes less and less fucking, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Practical of a way to live. But anyway, she was just saying how it would just kill her. And that's the thing. In general, I'm speaking generalities, but, like, the females are, like, they, they create life, and they want to nurture it and keep it going. So it's like to watch someone beat the fucking shit, out of, especially someone they love and care about, or, you know, even worse, someone they created and nurtured and then whatever, and just watch someone beat the shit of it, really it fucks them up a lot worse. Just just witnessing that, they probably feel it a lot more than the guy getting his fucking ass kicked. So, um... I don't know. It's just something that really, really uh, hit home with me. And, and and shit like that, as much as it just really uh, resonates, it's like it, it reminds me to, you know, feel stuff. Because I don't know. It's just like, and it's just how much we disregard other people's feelings. But anyway, what what can you do? Uh, I was really happy because that lady, um, she was just really struggling because she couldn't move around very much. And then uh, and her place was like gross, but you could tell like she wasn't comfortable with that. It breaks my heart when people are comfortable, but also more so when it, they're not. And, um, yeah, and it, it was like, there's a, I'm like, honestly, I find dead rodents all the time. I don't want you to, because you're so embarrassed. I'm like, you don't have to be embarrassed. I found dead rodents in more than enough places I've lived in. I've lived amongst cockroaches and rodents. It's, it does happen. And I was fully capable of moving around. But anyway, I, 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 I got rid of them for her and, uh, got the place all cleaned up. I, it made me feel real good about myself. But anyway, we really had that connection. We also talked about, like, binge drinking and how fucking brutal that was and how you have to have, like, a drink in the morning, like, while you're at work, how fucked up that is. It's like, yeah. It's crazy how much, you know what I mean? You just look at this old lady and think you have nothing in common. It's, like, it's amazing how much you can learn from a person just by listening to them or how much you can do for someone. Like, I did so little. I mean, dead animals, dead bodies, they don't bother me. That shit doesn't bother me at all. But, um... Yeah, anyway, anyway, I love you guys. I um, hope you have a wonderful day. Take care. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Big Brother Chip's podcast. I'm your host, Big Brother Chip, broadcasting from the sunny Southlands of Ontario. I'm your host with the most from Ghost Coast. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, um gonna call my ma but I don't usually call her today and if I call her we gotta go through this whole thing hey ma how you doing ma what's up and she's gonna be like oh it's you every time I call she has to say oh it's you it's like yeah it's me why are you telling me that I am me let's start there or let's stop let's stop doing this and then she will exclaim every fucking time. Like when I live there, every time I walk in the door, I come in and I'd be like, she'd be like, oh, it's you. Oh, usually you don't come in at this time. Oh, that's odd. And she couldn't do this at the same time as my brother. He'd have to come in at a separate time afterwards and go, oh, it's you. Oh, you usually come in at a different time. It's like, I don't know what time I get in and I severely doubt it because we've done this more than fucking every minute of the day so at some point you have to say oh this is the normal time you get home or better yet how about not say anything at all 
about the time I walk in? Who gives a shit? I don't like, I don't know what time it is. I don't care what time it is. It's like it's not an obscene time. It doesn't fucking matter. Oh god, I couldn't fucking stand it. So then I thought, you know, now that it's over. You know, all these guys don't live together. I don't have to fucking walk in there every day. I don't live there. It's like but then when I, I don't have to listen. To, oh, it's you. Oh, it's it on. But then when I call, oh, it's you. Oh, God. Can we please move this past this part in the conversation? And I use the term conversation very generously. And then we have to go through. Oh, usually you call it a different time. Usually you don't call it this time. It's like, I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know what day or time it is. Today I do, but most of the time I don't. It's like, who gives a shit? I don't. But um, anyway, it is what it is. Another thing people do, they do that like, that, oh, look who finally decides to call. You know, like the people that guilt trip you. They fucking, they're like the uh, Tony Soprano's mother, like, oh, look at Mr. Big Shot. Like, <laughs> just fucking, oh my God. I can't stand that shit when people start trying to guilt you for like not calling enough or not seeing them enough. And it's like, if you need a, if you're wondering why people are doing that, it's this, 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 this back and forth here. That will do it every time. Now, that being said, if you do not see someone enough or you don't hear from them enough, why would you spend that precious fucking time you do have going, oh, look who it is. Look who finally decides to call. You don't call very often. No, I don't hear from you very much. Why? Why would you? Well, how many fucking times can you go through the same fucking shit? I can't stand it, man. It's like, oh, fuck. I'm sorry, just, if that happens to you, just say, oh, sorry, I meant to call someone else who wasn't a total fucking twat waffle. Well, don't say that to your mother. Um, but, you know, other people. I'm talking about other people, all right? Other people. Oh, Mr. Big Shot finally decides to call. Yeah. I was wondering when you were going to call. Who is that, um, fuck, who was it that played Livia Soprano on, um, Many Saints in Newark. I uh, I fucking love her. I, I thought she... I didn't think she was that great in The Deported. That's like one of my favorite movies. I thought she was too googly-eyed. And I was like, nah, I don't like this chick. But then um, I saw her in that movie with the striped pajama. The boy in the striped pajamas. Actually, that's a perfect example. I always say, like, the grass always looks green on the other side. People are just fucking bullshit. You know, this person's so lucky. It's all a matter of perspective. The funny thing is, is that kid was uh he was like a german kid who lived next to a concentration camp he had no idea what was going on his parents didn't really fill him in on what was happening and he was just he had no friends like his age he had no one around him his age and he met this kid across the fence that was wearing pajamas he was obviously a jewish kid who was being holocausted who was being fucked like in a concentration camp and um he just thought it was weird that this kid was wearing striped pajamas and uh, he was like, oh, you're lucky, you know, you're in there with a bunch of friends, you've got a bunch of people to hang out with. I'm over here, I'm all alone. You know, he envies this kid. <laughs> That's what I mean. So the next time you're envying someone, they could very well be getting fucking holocausted. Maybe not literally, but like metaphorically. My point is they could be in a way worse situation and you just think, oh, well, you know, this person's lucky they're with their pals and shit. And it's just like, eh. Anyway, that was, uh, that was an, a, a, a amusing fucking moment that that really gave me some perspective in a pretty some pretty dark fucking content you know um so anyway but yeah that uh i can't remember her fucking name it's about driving me nuts but anyway she played uh, also um livia soprano and i was like oh that she did a really good job i think actually a nancy marchand did a fantastic job doing the original role of just being the most ball busted fucking uh fucking old mother Oh my God, we were working for a lady that looked and sounded exactly like her. She was just like, what? Like, just like so fucking mean and nasty. And um, she couldn't get up and down the stairs, so she was just yelling at us from the top of the stairs. Then when we came up, she had us like keep moving all this shit around. And then um, for some reason, <laughs> the guy was working with my buddy, he had to fucking pick her up. And uh, he was like, just going so far over and above for this fucking miserable bitch is just screaming at him and um 
she's like, oh, just stick it right in there. Like, just telling him, like, where to put all this stuff that was in the fucking hallway. And he's like, oh, that's what she said. He couldn't help himself. And she's like, what? Who said what? Like, she'd never heard that before. And it was just, it was so fucking comical. In the moment, it was like, oh, my God, this is fucking brutal. But, like, from an outside perspective, it is so fucking funny. Like, just shove it in there. That's what she said. What? Who said what? And that just made her even more angry because she didn't, like, she died. Oh, it was terrible. Terrible. It's like in the in the office where there was a that's what she said in, um, or he busted a that's what she said in the fucking, like, courtroom or whatever. No, it wasn't a courtroom. It was like a, well, it was like a trial in the, in the fucking corporate office, but then they have a trans, they had it transcribed, and they're, like, reading it back, and, like, it's just, like, so deadpan, and you could tell, like, he was trying to make a fucking joke, but it just didn't land, and then they're, like, trying to understand, like, who said what now? Like, <laughs> anyway... Um, I, the funny thing is, is that's funny because it's just so painfully, like, fucking droll and it, the, the juxtaposition of the silliness versus, like, the backdrop of a fucking, uh, really serious setting. I don't know if I'm using the word juxtaposition properly. See, I learned that, that, um, term improperly from a fucking history, or is it history or English assignment? And ever since I learned it wrong, I, every time I think about it, I, I, I fucking hate that when you learn something wrong. Because then you have to like go through a really long process every time you think of a word rather than just knowing the fucking definition without thinking so much about it. I think juxtaposition means like a, like a contrast, compare, like a compare, contrast sort of thing. Um, and then I actually think what the assignment was was an example of like a gap technique used in... Um, in advertising where you don't see something happening but it's like it's implicit rather than explicit sort of thing I think that's what the unit was on and I used an example of this guy uh, it's like a booze commercial and one guy was just being a total obnoxious dick and then it's like oh it pays to be a gentleman and then this guy was like uh, oh hey ladies and he was outside and he laid his coat down in a puddle and then the ladies were all impressed with the nice gentleman guy. And then the dick, they pan back to the dickhead guy. They pan. They, they, they cut back to the dickhead guy, I guess, inside the club. And he's like, hey, where's my fucking jacket? So it's like you didn't see the guy steal his jacket and lay it down. But you know that's what happened. Um, but anyway, I think it's called the gap technique. Um, that, uh, but, oh yeah, so anyway, a perfect example of that is like, um, one of my favorites anyway was in The Sopranos. When, um, actually the funny thing is, if you guys haven't seen the ending, I'm sorry, but the ending is just that, you know, it's like you, you don't really know what happens. So I can't spoil that ending. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, um, fuck, that show is definitely worth a rewatch. Actually, I just started the uh, podcast with Bill, uh, what the fuck's his name? Michael Imperioli, as in Christopher Maltesante, and uh, what the fuck's his name? Steve Sherpa? Sherpa? Sherpa. I'll never be able to say the fucking name properly. Uh, Bobby Bacalieri, Bobby Bacala. Um, I fucking love that guy because he's actually like such a sweet guy in in, uh, the, in real life, but like he's actually a pretty big scary fucking guy. But he's like just such a soft guy in the show. But I like when he comes out of his shell, like when he's all depressed as fuck because his wife died, and then he just uses that depression as like a intimidation factor when he's like talking about how depressed he is and he's like I fucking shoot myself in the head here 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 <laughs> but anyway um the hell was my point yeah that, that I, I just started that podcast it seems pretty cool I don't know um oh yeah I wanted to talk about one of my favorite scenes of the Sopranos was uh I probably already talked about what the fuck was it Oh, so it's the one where fucking Artie Pucco's trying to go into business with that French dickhead, and he buys the, fuck, what the hell was it, the, the, the all that Armagnac, Armagnac shit, anyway, he's like, he's got to go intimidate this guy, so he's practicing in the mirror, like, kind of like in fucking uh, Raging Bull, he's like, you talking to me, you froggy, fudgety guts, he's getting, getting himself all psyched up, I fucking love that character, because he's just so fucking funny, and then, um, the way it turns out is like it's so much like real life where you think you're gonna the guy's gonna be all intimidating like get up stop crying would you and then in real life it's just like are you fucking stupid <laughs> my kid needs braces <laughs> anyway I'm not doing a good job explaining this situation if you guys have seen it then you already know what happened if you haven't then you're gonna have to fucking watch it I'm just I'm, I'm butchering this because I'm playing the show in my head right now and you know that doesn't do you guys any good 
but anyway, what happens is, is um, in the end, uh, Tony says, I'll take care of it for you uh, because it doesn't go well. And uh, he assumes the debt or whatever. And then uh, he's like, I'll take care of it. And then in the end, he knocks, he, there's a knock at the door and that fucking French guy answers the door as Furio. And that's it. See, the thing is, I felt like, what the fuck? I want to see Furio beat the shit out of that guy. Because Furio's like fucking, you know, he's a, he's a really mean fucking badass motherfucker. And he's really like scary and shit. He beats the shit out of people. And it's like, uh, he's such a great character that way. Because then he's like so sweet and lovable and like soft and kind. Like around like ladies and children and shit. He's like a perfect gentleman. Um, but anyway... That's uh, that's some juxtaposition right there. <laughs> I, afterwards, I was like, you know what? As much as I want to see Furio beat the shit, I felt like we got cheated out of that scene. Like, what, it was the budget cut? What the fuck? But then I started thinking, I'm like, that's more like the gap technique. That's a perfect use of the gap technique right there. Because it rewards the audience. Because we all know who Furio is. He's been established. We know exactly what's going to happen. And it's a reward to everyone that knows the fucking characters. Because it's like, that guy's fucked. Furio's gonna beat the living fucking shit out of him, and um, you know, so so I was like, that that's that's fucking awesome. I don't know, that show is just so fucking well made. I feel like that show changed what a show could be, you know, like they just raised the fucking bar so high. And then uh, and then I think Game of Thrones the same thing. Like it just like it, it was so much better than anything's ever been as far as a TV show goes. There's never been a show of that quality, never. Like, with that good of writing, acting, fucking sets, like, that kind of a budget. It's just, it's like, each, like, a little one-hour fucking movie per episode. It's just absolutely amazing. TV used to be just so shitty. Because it was just uh, quantity over quality. You know, just pump out fucking 37 episodes of fucking whatever. Very, very low budget, you know, like, just fucking mostly shit fucking actors or even if you get good actors or just reading shit scripts just fucking you know going through it it's just like eh, going through the motion sort of thing and i don't know another uh great thing a, a form of just juxtapositions like uh you see in real life but you also i'm just gonna use shows uh, as examples um when you get someone who's like a mean hard ass like um it's like like in that uh, game of thrones you know like um the the fucking hound dog guy, Legane or whatever the fuck, uh, what the hell's his name, Sandor, Legane, who gives a shit, the dog guy, the hound, whatever the fuck his name is, he's, uh, and then he hangs out with Arya, and then they're like, you know what I mean, he has, you see like this sweet, like protective, like sensitive side, when he's like a big scary asshole, it's like, you know, the juxtaposition there, the duality of man, or woman, or whatever. And then it's like, you know, it's like Arya is like this little girl and like she seems like completely, like she would be completely harmless, but she's actually a really badass fucking character. And it's like, you know, it's so rare you see female characters written so well. Like, you know what I mean? Like they have like these fucking female characters that are actually badass. Like they're not just, it's not forced. Like in the later, the last two seasons, they have like those sand chicks. That's the typical like, we're chicks, but we're tough. And we're gonna remind you of that constantly. And it's just like this sad, forced fucking load of shit. That's like, I can do anything a man can do, and I'm a woman. And it's like, ugh. It's, it's so weak, and it actually detracts. It, 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 it achieves the exact opposite of the fucking uh, goal they're going for. Because that show didn't need that shit at all. They had badass fucking female characters all over the fucking place. And it's like, uh, I don't know, but anyway, my, my point was, uh, was, you know, and then, or, like, um, Davos is a bit of a dick, um, but then him with the little girl, he's, like, such a, he has, like, this super sweet, sensitive side to him, and it's just, it's such a, it's so precious, you know, or even, um, Arya and, uh, what's his name, um, ah, fuck, he's my favorite, he's one of my favorite characters, I, it's, it's, there's so many great characters in the first four seasons of that show, or, or in the books are phenomenal absolutely amazing um i cannot believe how well cast those fucking all the roles were it just absolutely amazing well except for maybe um the mountain they should have started with fucking um half thor bjornsson why the fuck because <laughs> they, they they had two guys before him i'm pretty sure but like how the fuck could he be anyone else like he's the biggest guy 
on earth. That's who you need. The biggest fucking guy. It had to be him or Brian Shaw, but it, it's better that the guy like just doesn't really speak English and he looks like fucking, I don't know. Brian Shaw doesn't look scary enough. That's a perfect example of juxtaposition of a guy who like you listen to his voice and you look at him, he seems so sweet, but he's a fucking monster. He's giant, like not in a, in a, in a bad way, in a, in a great way. Anyway, whatever. One thing I, I really liked about the, um, I was watching some, some program on the television. It was about strongman competitions and, uh, they had this thing in Iceland they would do. They have to lift all these giant fucking rocks. You have to prove your manliness if you wanted to go out fishing. So if you couldn't lift all these giant fucking rocks, they wouldn't take you. So you just fucking starved. You and your family would slowly starve to death because you couldn't, you weren't strong enough. So they were imposing their own fucking survival of the fittest, you know, because nature does that like itself. And uh, only like the, the better genetics will prevail almost every fucking time unless something's gone wrong, but it happens. But anyway, um, it's pretty fucking cruel, but that's like, you know what I mean? Then the, the proof is in the pudding, you know? You look, there's all these huge, giant, fucking, glorious, fucking, genetically gifted people there thriving. And uh, there you have it. But anyway, I thought that was interesting, just the rock thing. You see this all throughout the fucking world. There's fucking, you know, genetic masterpieces in all fucking corners of the fucking world. It does uh, occur. Like Big Run the Champ, for example. There you go. Fuck, the most I ever lifted was fucking 495 fucking pounds. I'm so pissed because... I'm pretty sure I could have got to 500. The only reason I didn't is because when I'm in the gym, my fucking brain goes to mush. Actually, my brain's usually mush these days. I can't really think too clearly very often. Um, you know, different things happen in my brain compartments. But fucking, um, the one thing I love about the gym is it's like all the blood leaves my fucking brain. And it just, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're just rebuilding muscles and shit. So I can't think at all. And it's a form of meditation, and it's a wonderful fucking thing, because all the stress and everything else in, out in your life, it all disappears. And all you can fucking think of, if anything, is just lift more weights, just lift more weights. Or just keep running, keep running. You can think a little bit while you're running, obviously, a lot more than when you're lifting. But Anyway, um, I saw this guy, and he was a fuck of a lot smaller than me. He was smaller than I am now, and I was a lot bigger then. One of my favorite quotes was uh, <laughs> stupid memes with that like retarded looking guy who's just like, <laughs> when I was your age, I was about as old as you are now. I had to, I was so out of it when I read that. I had to read it like six times. I'm like, what? Like, oh, this <laughs> is <just> nonsense. <laughs> um, I just heard a Stephen Wright joke that was like that. His, his grandfather was like, how old are you, son? He's like, I'm, I'm fucking five years old. Like when I was your age, I was six. <laughs> it's, like, it's so stupid. But anyway, um, I was talking about juxtaposition. Oh yeah. So oh, I lifted this. I was off on a tangent. I, I lifted this guy's fucking. He had five wheels per side. That's what the guy said in uh, the gentleman. He's like, how much you bend? She's like, three three wheels per side. Um, but anyway, this guy had five wheels on each side, which meant five 45 pound fucking things, which 415 weights, 45 on the fucking bar. That's fucking 495 pounds. All I had to do was put two, uh, one, a 2.5 on either side, five more pounds. And I would have had a 500 pound fucking record. Instead, I got 495 and I will never, never get that fucking big and strong again. I don't need to, but. I'm just pissed off. What kind, what a stupid fucking record to have. I didn't. I don't normally do one rep maxes, but that was so emasculating, or um, I don't know about masculine, but humbling anyway. Because the guy that was lifting that, he was doing reps. He was doing sets. He had it set up, and then when he was done, I'm like, hey, like, like, I wanna let me give it a try. I'll rack it um, when I'm done. I just want to try it. Just um, I figured I could do as much as this guy. No, not a fucking chance. I barely did one. That yeah, was way too much fucking weight. I, I don't know. I still do deadlifts, but I do like a like 100 fucking pounds, <laughs> maybe two. And um, yeah, and I, whatever. And it's like, it hurts. It's a really great workout. I don't know. It, it, sometimes it's exhausting and hurts a lot, but like, I find it's a great workout. I don't think anything does what that fucking particular lift does. 
So, um, anyway, yeah, so the juxtaposition thing, where did I start there? Um, oh, yeah, I was just talking about Game of Thrones, you know, you see a character that's a total hard-ass, and then, like, you know, you, you see a sweet, soft side. You see that a lot in real life, though, as well. That's, that's why it's precious in, um, anyway, when it occurs in real life. Uh, I really loved something Romeo Dallaire said. Um, actually, I remember I read his book while running. I don't know how the fuck I did that. I, don't, I could never do that anymore. But uh, he was—he had a, a great thing about how he was saying the, the harder, uh, in this case, he was talking about soldiers. The soldiers are the, on the outside is the softer they are on the inside. It was like much more eloquent than that. But it was just like, uh, it's like just because he's not showing any feelings doesn't mean he doesn't have them. I can't, I don't know, man. That guy was just absolutely fucking uh, brilliant in the way he was writing and the, all the shit the guy went through is, uh, I don't know. It's very moving stuff. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go. So uh, thank you for listening. Be well. I love you all. Take care.